in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Moolah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it, or what to do with it, or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's Bad With Money with Gabby. Done. Hello, and welcome to this week's Bad With Money mailbag episode. I'm Gabby Dunn. This week, I am joined by Mal Blum to react and respond to your messages and emails. Let's get into it. Ah, damn it. <laughs> I will say I realized- You said I, it fast, so I couldn't do it. I you also realized- God damn it. Mal, we may have to change it because I realized that I think I stole Let's Get Into It from Web Crawlers, which is another podcast that you stole I it? think- Yeah, I, I didn't realize that I had and I nobody's called me out on it or anything, so I'm calling myself out. But I think wow. Allie and Melissa say, let's get into it. And they wow. are former guests on this show. And it's also one of my favorite shows. Uh, and wow. I think I stole let's get into it from them. So if anyone has oh any other suggestions. God. I know. It's crazy. I guess the turfs are right. We transition and then we become misogynist and we start stealing from women, from cis women. We're stealing from them. I know. And Melissa just had a baby, the most beautiful thing a woman could do. And I stole from her. Wow. This is just, this is exactly like in a boardroom when a woman <laughs> is like, I have a good idea and no one listens to her. And then Don Draper comes in and is like, I have a good idea and repeats exactly what she said. And everyone's like, you're so funny. You're so charming. You're definitely not an alcoholic. That's how I live my life. Uh, I just Don Draper about just, and people are totally accepting of that because I'm a trans guy and they love that. <laughs> No, I'm sure it's fine. Okay, let's come up with a different thing. Then let's. Get well, into I'll it. take suggestions right in. Um, I want. Okay, let, I have let's one. make it crowdsourced. What? What is yours? I, I said that before. I thought of one, but I just got to get in there quick sometimes. Okay, mine is. Um, I'm joined today with my sometimes co-host Mal Blum. Let's fucking fucking do some stuff and other stuff. 
I think it's catchy. Let's uh, let's uh, fucking gabagool. Okay. Anyway, that's offensive. <laughs> On today's show, I'm going to read an email about workplace accommodations from Lily, hear from Claire about the cost of being transfeminine, Cooper writes in for a math redo, and Finley talks blood donation in Canada. In the second half of the show, I'm going to play a voicemail from Charlie about healthcare, read a hilarious five-star Apple review, and thank our new patrons. Okay, here is the email from Lily. Hi, Mal and Gabby. Thank you so much for all your kind advice last mailbag. I'm the ADHD Lily who was troubled about accepting accommodations. Mm -hmm. I found Mal's yellow light metaphor especially helpful with reframing things and remembering not to burn myself out just because other people were pressuring me to do so. Mm -hmm. I did end up contacting HR for accommodations. They were very nice about the whole thing, though not all of the process was smooth sailing. I was almost solely responsible for coming up with what accommodations that could help make things better because the people who knew my work struggles the best were forbidden from giving their input, something about liability if they were wrong about what could help. Mm. I previously talked about possible accommodations with my doctor and short notice psych appointments don't grow on trees. Mm. I did manage to come up with a few helpful things in the end. The accommodation I think will have the biggest impact on the future is reducing my required billable hours. I believe this will actually increase the amount of work I can do since I will no longer be hopelessly behind after one inefficient day. Unfortunately, this will also reduce my salary accordingly. Mm. Example, if they require 90% of the previous workload, they pay 90% of my previous paycheck. Sucks, but understandable. I went through a bit of an emotional roller coaster with my workplace relationships during this process. At first, I was surprised at my boss' seemingly sudden understanding when they suggested accommodations, only to be horribly disappointed a few weeks later when one of the worst admin tasks I have the displeasure of dealing with was described as not difficult and purposefully ignored mm. because I used the second deadline, the real deadline, instead of the first deadline, requested deadline, too many times. This task is an executive dysfunction nightmare and something I consistently lose sleep over despite peers assuring me they miss it too and it's no big deal. To the unfamiliar, executive dysfunction feels similar to the hesitation your brain has when willing yourself to do something like knowingly touch a hot stove. It physically stops you and can be near impossible to override. A deadline can helpfully create an anxiety override, but that doesn't stop me from physically doing nothing until the last possible second while mentally yelling, just start, damn you, at myself. I know that it can be difficult to try to understand how executive dysfunction works without experiencing yourself since it looks a lot like laziness from an outside perspective, but the dismissal of the effort I put in and the hours of sleep I lost felt like a betrayal. I asked for a transfer the same week. My coworker in my target office was consistently baffled by how much trivial things like the first admin deadline mattered in my office. I think I'll do a lot better here. Everything isn't 100% solved yet, but I did receive a lot of support from the coworkers who were let in on the situation. If anything dramatic happens, I'll let you know, but for now, I'm hoping for the best and focusing on making healthy choices for myself, regardless of outside pressures. Love you both, Lily. Oh, good. Okay. I'm glad Lily wrote back in because I have a lot to say. Go on. <laughs> um, we'll have to issue a retraction about something, but also, this is really interesting, knowing how most ADHD brains work mm -hmm. and the idea of a ideal deadline and an actual deadline that would never ever ever work for me no seriously i know the way that like the the a lot of the reason i think that we can leave things for the last minute is because we like that adrenaline of you know leaving things for the last minute sparks the things in our brain that we're missing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if something is like a fake deadline and you know it's a fake deadline, you someone with ADHD will never, ever, ever, ever hit a requested, ideal, fake deadline. You know what I mean? Especially if you're mm -hmm. not in treatment, especially if you're not under the care of a psychiatrist or a doctor, like, and you don't have your ADHD, like, whatever, if you're not on medication or anything, like, your brain is not going to make that adrenaline and, like, that like last minute, like, oh shit, I got to do this. And so the dopamine is going off and the neurotransmitters are, are fucking delivering mm -hmm. the messages and, and everything. Um, that's not going to happen with the idea of a fake deadline that would never, ever be effective with somebody with ADHD. Like to me, that's like, uh, that is somebody that doesn't understand that, how that works. Like being mm -hmm. like, okay, so the way that we're going to do this is we're going to give you two deadlines like that, that it just, that's not, that would not be effective in my experience with, I mean, write in if that's something that would help you and you have ADHD, yeah. but in my opinion, that would never, ever work. It's wild how much capitalism is not, I mean, we say this all the time, but that capitalism and workplaces are not 
accommodating for any neurodivergence whatsoever. <laughs> well, no, because they they uh, most of them, you know, it's productivity. It's productivity, and and you know, and of but you would not. think you would think that if they wanted people to be the most productive, instead of bending people, they would bend how the work is done. But I guess not because people are disposable. Under capitalism. You know, I guess it depends on what the job is, which is something my dad used to always say, uh, because my dad is very likely the genetic component from from whom I get my ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pretty textbook, uh, but it presents differently in him. But he always likes to say, like, you know, back back in olden times, if you if you had somebody sitting up and, and like, you know, gu- guarding the fort, you, you want them to be paying attention to everything and, you know, like not falling asleep on the job, like I'd be perfect at that. You know, like he likes to say that. I love that. Yeah. You um, know, that's, that's the skill set for you. Oh, so I actually have to issue a retraction. Mm. So um, when Lily first wrote in and we talked about like uh, my experience in school and stuff and then um that other person were, wrote in who i can't i can't remember their name but they were like oh why don't you say that you were in special education program and i was like oh because i wasn't in a special education program um i was wrong i did not have an iep mm. i had i had something called a 504 plan which um the iep is for um like it's like an education plan so like you know, throughout your, your schooling to get you the accommodations you need. Um, if you don't qualify for that, this was sort of a newer thing. This is how it's explained to me, um, by my mother. If you don't qualify for students who don't qualify to be in the special education program itself, um, but you have a disability and you test that you need certain accommodations for your disability or whatever, but you don't need to be in like the particular classes or whatever. Um, they had, a newer thing called like a 504 plan. So my mm. ADHD, it was considered a disability, but it wasn't considered, uh, I guess. Special education. Yeah. I didn't need those. Well, they didn't test. I, I was diagnosed with ADHD super young um, and put on medication super young at like nine, but they didn't test me for um, like an IP or whatever until I was in like 10th grade. And at mm. that point they just decided that um, I didn't need that, but I, um, would benefit from the 504 plan, which was the testing accommodations um, with the, if you wanted a quieter room or if you wanted to use a computer to type um, mm-hmm. or whatever. So that's why I wanted to differentiate um, because that one person wrote in and I don't want, I don't want to be misrepresenting anything, but my mom was like, I actually found your evaluation the other day if you want to read it. And <gasps> I would be interested, but also terrified. <laughs> I love reading stuff that, doctors and psychiatrists wrote about me as a child because it feels very validating. You know, this is interesting because it it's not doc- – this is in school. It's like people in the school. Yeah, but I would still – I love because uh, a lot of my stories are from growing up are so inconsistent and my own memory is questioned often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like seeing like outside – outside takes <laughs> on mm. what was going on with me because it helps me cl- find clarity. Yeah. Okay. So you well, might like I'll, it. Maybe I'll bring that in t- to the podcast. To show and tell? Wow. Okay. Here's an email from Claire. Hi, Gabby and Mal. I'm a terrible writer, so please bear with my eventual run on sentences. The Banking Wall Trans episode was great, and we so need resources like this in the trans community. My absolute favorite part of the episode is Mal's little songs while they were on hold with the different banks. (laughs) I love to narrate my life with little songs, but my only audience is my kitty, Sally Salome, so I really enjoyed Mal's sharing, attaching a pic because everyone deserves to witness her cuteness. And then, yes, I did see two pictures of your cat. Very cute. I want to say that when it comes specifically to credit cards, most cards allow the addition of authorized users and the banks don't typically run a credit check for authorized users. So you can essentially get a card with any name on it that you'd like. I can say that for sure works with Chase because I did it while working on my legal name change. I think, but I'm not positive that you could probably also do this with that. You could probably also do this with checks. If you had checks made by a third party check printing service, rather than buying them directly from the bank. Although, to be honest, I'm kind of confused why Mal was so focused on checks. Are they a secret boomer hiding in a millennial's body? (laughs) 
Also, just want to say I love the pod. I'm a pretty loyal listener of this and Just Between Us. I started my transition right around the same time that you, Gabby, were coming out and finding a couple pods that were not explicitly about being trans but still felt super inclusive was really lovely. I also know when you did your episode about the cost of trans healthcare that you were bummed you didn't have any input from trans feminine peeps. I'd be happy to discuss my experience a bit, especially if you have any specific questions. I'm currently recovering from FFS that I had to pay for completely out of pocket with a price tag of 30K. First time in my life, I said YOLO unironically. I have a ton of economic privilege that I know is not the norm in the trans community. I came out of undergrad with minimal debt because my family was able to help me pay for school and have been working as an accountant for 12 years now, which has allowed me to build up a decent savings. My current health insurance is through Cigna, and they have been very good at denying gender-affirming care on the basis of things being deemed cosmetic in nature and not medically necessary. Mm -hmm. That has happened so far with speech therapy for voice feminization lessons and now with my FFS. I do have good prescription coverage, so my hormones are super cheap, usually 30 bucks each for a three-month supply of estradiol, progesterone, and finasteride. Happy to share any other info you'd like. Between being trans and accountant and having ADHD, I feel like my experience is the perfect niche here. Thanks, yeah. Claire. P.S. If you decide to read this on the pod, feel free to ha- edit however you need to compensate for my writing. Claire, your writing was perfectly good. <laughs> Thank you for writing in. I love uh, we've gotten some more trans feminine people writing in since we did the episode. I really appreciate it. There were literally none in the full episode. Almost all, it was all non-binary or trans-masculine people writing in. Um, so thank you to the the trans femmes who have been writing in. Thank you, Claire, for writing that in. Also, Mal, how do you respond um, to the accusation that you are a boomer in a millennial's body because you're obsessed with checks? <laughs> I'm not obsessed with, okay, first of all, everybody knows that I'm a millennial trapped in a 16-year-old's body. <laughs> like most trans masks. Um, no, I... Uh, the check thing, yeah, I don't know why I was so obsessed with the check thing. I, I was thinking because of, um, I get, I have done the authorized user thing with the credit cards before. Yeah, like I have credit it's, cards. It's say, a workaround, but it's bullshit. Yeah, I've done that. Um, I guess the checks. I was thinking in terms of like, so we have a little cabin um, up upstate, and um, anytime that anybody like works on the cabin, they want to be paid either in cash or check. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I compulsively out myself to everybody all the time anyway. Right. Uh, but on the off chance that like, you know, like there's been times before where like, I'm getting a weird vibe from the electrician or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I don't really want to hand you a check that says my dead name on it. But also Absolutely. I just assume that like other people write checks first, but I guess not. I guess that's a boomer thing. I don't really very often. I made my checks just say G done. But also I just had my first experience of signing up for something with my email address. My email address has my dead name and I, uh, I was signing up for something and I was, I got self-conscious and I used a different email address. Oh, Cause I was like, but then it was like, it was like basically the TikTok audio of like, how would they know? They're going to know. How would yeah. they know? And it's like, know. I don't know. Have you seen me? But anyway, um, yeah. I was just talking to my parents because I'm up visiting my parents and I was like, yeah, they're like, oh, you know, how's the podcast going? And I'm like, I'm good. I'm like, I just like show up or whatever. And I was like, oh, but I did my own episode the other day. And they're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, telling them about the banking thing. And they're like, when are you going to change your name, though? And I was like, wow. I was like, but it's so much stuff. And they're like, how much stuff could it be? And I was like, it's like, they're like, why don't you just make a list and go through the stuff? And I'm like, okay, it's like, first you got to go to court, then you got to pay money, then you got to, once you have the document, then you got to contact. I was like, okay, so it's banks, it's healthcare, it's taxes, it's Mm -hmm. your business, it's, and then I like ran out of things. But I'm like, I know it's more than that. It's Mm -hmm. your ID, it's your passport. It's like, and they're like, it's your bills. It's like, like, oh, how hard, how hard could it be? You just you just contact them and give them the document. And I'm like, ah, that will take me years. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean how hard could it be? We just talked about accommodations. I mean, I think for someone else, it might just take them a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Are you going to um, do it? I don't know. I'm sort of – I'm keeping it easy breezy until, until I make any sort of announcements. We'll see, you know. We'll see. People ask all the time. The fans are clamoring to know. I feel like it's like a gender reveal. They're clamoring to know what name I will choose. And guess what? I'm going to hold on to that little titillating bit until the last possible second. 
you should do um I like to keep an Swift a pole. No, you should do what Taylor Swift did with the with the bingo thing. Yeah, <laughs> Midnight's Mayhem. Yeah, but it's just midnight. me choosing a name. It's you revealing your name. And you and you pull it out and you're like, huh, it just says 13. That's weird. And then you pull it out again and it's like Devin. And you're like, what? I didn't even put that one in there. <laughs> and it's that's not on the table. So don't even start thinking about it. No, you have to. Once you know it what's comes funny? out, you have to do whatever it says. So it comes oh. out and it says like Gary and you're like, I got to do it. I'm yeah. Gary now. You know what's funny is that there's this girl on TikTok. Again, I'm so sorry to talk about TikTok, but there's a girl on TikTok and she's like an expert at uh, guessing celebrity baby names. Should I write into her and be like, why don't you do that? But like, guess what my name is. You know what I mean? I should have her do it for me. That's such a niche talent. She's really good at it. Wow. Well, good. I'm, you know, takes all kinds. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. This is a response from Cooper. It just says, okay, I did the math wrong. (laughs) You guys didn't like that portion anyway, so I'm doubly sorry. I had spent about – because there's a person that wrote in about about costs. uh, And so this person wrote in – and this is the person – if you guys don't remember, this is the person uh, that wrote in about wanting to own a home, eat salmon, and buy a PlayStation 5. So they said, I had spent about $232 after insurance. That's the gist of it. I don't know why I thought I should type all that out. I'm clearly bad at both reading comprehension and math. I've done another session since writing in. This is a person who was uh, trying to do sessions about bettering yourself and like life coaching. So they did. Yeah. So she did another session and she's out even more money now. I had to ask people in my life for a list of strengths and weaknesses as homework. A harrowing experience, but also pretty interesting. I also got a nine-page document that assessed my interests, and apparently my top five interest areas are one, military, two, mechanics and construction, three, computer hardware and electronics, four, science. What field? I don't know. It just said science. Five, taxes and accounting. I'm a little surprised by it, but I'm only two sessions deep. Apparently things start clicking. What? You took an assessment and the first thing just said military? Mm Mm-hmm. That, What? Mm-hmm. That is that not patently nuts? It is. Aren't there like first of all? Aren't there like countless positions within the military? Correct. Like in what? That's a little. That's a not to be a conspiracy theorist, but that's a little suspicious that someone takes an aptitude test and the first thing that comes back just says blanket military. I think it's interesting because um, maybe they're, they're assessing like, or they're maybe they're assessing how like good she is at following directions. I don't really know or structure. Okay. Apparently, things start clicking for people around session eight. Sorry again for the math. Still PlayStation 5 list, Cooper. P.S. I should note, I also still don't own a home, and I haven't eaten any salmon yet. Just in case you were wondering, you probably weren't, but if you were, I really appreciate your faith in me. Cooper, you're going to be eating salmon and playing your PlayStation sooner We believe than you in think. you. And you let us know that day that that happens. Please, we really believe in you. And it's going to get a little gross. You're going to get like salmon on the controller probably. But like that's okay. You enjoy That's that. champagne you- problems, baby. <laughs> God damn it. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time consuming. I'm sure you guys know. You've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top-rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. 
Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash bad with money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host the show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen... I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. 
Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible. And the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Champagne problems. This is an email from Finley. Dear Gabby, I have not been following you since the BuzzFeed days. I discovered you and Allison in 2019 and have consumed all your content religiously ever since, including your comic, Bury the Lead. Why don't you talk about that more? I really liked it. I should talk about Bury the Lead more. I feel like you wrote this to yourself. I didn't. You're like, dear Um, Gabby, I didn't even care about BuzzFeed. I love you so much more only since recently. And why don't you talk more about your comic? (laughs) That's really true. I wrote a comic book called Bury the Lead. We've been working on making it a TV show for years, so maybe that's why I don't talk about it, but I should honestly talk about it more. It's one of my favorite things I've ever done. Um, Anyway, I'm responding to a podcast from a few weeks back asking for the perspective of Canadians who donate plasma. I have donated blood literally 100 times between the two Canadian blood agencies in all types, whole blood, plasma, and platelets. In Canada, we have two different agencies which are responsible for blood collection. Hema Quebec operates in the province of Quebec, while Blood Canada operates everywhere else. I live in Ottawa, which is on the border between Quebec and Ontario, so I've donated with both. Hema Quebec is a way better experience. I assume because Blood Canada is way underfunded since they have to cover the whole country and not just one province. I could give you a whole follow-up rant about that if you want. Regardless, the rules are clearly very different in Canada. You can donate platelets, which is different from plasma, every six days. Plasma you can do every 10 days, and whole blood is every 56 days. So no donating more than once a week. For a while, I had a weekly routine of donating platelets on Monday after the gym. Has to be after because they tell you not to exercise for at least six hours after your donations. Then go to Costco, which was right next to the donation center, so I'd get those two birds stoned at once. It's something to do that made me feel good to know that in an emergency when they reach out for a bag of blood, there will be one there that I gave them. Also, I'm a Jew, so I get a weird satisfaction thinking about my Jew blood being injected into an anti-Semite. Like how you like this Jew that just saved your life. What can I say? I'm the weirdo who donates blood on a regular basis for free. At Hema Quebec, everyone at the center is super nice and they Wait, make it very. Free? Yeah. You don't get paid they... for it? You get paid for plasma and platelets, I think, but not. Oh, oh, this was the thing is that in Canada, they can't pay you. They don't pay you. Oh, that was the thing because they can't pay. There's some law about not paying for body parts. Yeah, that at... checks out. At Hema, Quebec, everyone at the center is super nice and they make it very easy. They have an app which makes scheduling appointments super easy. They have really good snacks. With Blood Canada, the snacks suck. Again, I could go on a long rant about how Blood Canada is a far inferior organization to Hema, Quebec. 
I don't know how helpful any of this is, but as someone who donates regularly, mainly for the karma, I want to contribute to the conversation. Finley. Well, hold on. Wa- how is this karma, Finley? You're saying the anti-Semites are getting your blood. Yeah, I understand, though. It's like karma, like you're doing a good job and you're putting something good into the universe. Into an anti-Semite who's then going to put bad things into the universe. But the anti-Semite has to live with the idea that there's Jewish blood. I don't know. That that email was all over the place. I really enjoyed everywhere. I My favorite line, I know that the anti-Semite part is what's going to stick out. My favorite line was, "Blood Canada at Blood Canada, the snacks suck. Blood like, I need Canada. to know more. I need to know why they suck. Do you think anyway. It's like, do you think it's like Blood Canada or Blood Canada? <laughs> I think it's, Blood, think it's Can- like, Blood Canada, Blood Canada, eh? Oh, jeez. Blood Canada <laughs> is just, they're just tapping. You, they tap your vein and just maple sap comes maple out. Maple sap comes out. They oh, my God. just, people like, from- go under it with their tongues like, like you do at maple trees. Yeah. <laughs> people in other countries hate this show. Okay. Is that true um, statistically? No, they don't. But they but remember the person who wrote in and was like, "Please don't do the accent." Like we we gotta stop with this fucking like. And then Why? the Mounties you- Mounties wrote up and and was was Blood Canada terrible because a beaver took <laughs> your blood? <laughs> Final email and then a voicemail attached. Healthcare hellscape. Hi, Gabby and Mal. Here is a recording of what my major financial struggle is right now. Spoiler: It's health insurance. How do disabled up-and-coming artists manage paying for their medical bills? I'm stumped. Thank you for all you do with this podcast and providing the space to share our stories. Charlie left. And uh, so now I'm going to play the voicemail. Hi, Bad With Money Pod. My name is Charlie. I'm a first-time caller. I found out about Bad With Money after Mal let Gabby's name slip in a show of theirs I was at in Pittsburgh in the fall of 2019 at a venue called Mr. Smalls. This was before y'all were public. Um, and I immediately looked you up, Gabby, and I've followed your work ever since. I've related to a lot of what the recent episodes have covered. Two things in particular. First, I am one of those trans people who would love to get gender affirming surgery, but currently don't have a partner. My chosen family is spread around the country, and I don't talk with my biofam. I am truly stumped as to what to do for my recovery. Second, I too sell my body for science. I can't sell plasma because of my autoimmune disease, but what I do is act as a standardized patient, so I improv different appointments for doctors in training. My favorite scenario is a trans-specific one where I ask for a prescription for testosterone from my primary care doctor in training and see how the medical practitioner treats me. After the mock appointment, me and my trans boss give the medical students feedback about the appointments. Although we've had to give some students a firm talking to, we've also had students that have made me very hopeful for the future. And as an actor myself, it's by far the strangest acting training I've had. I'm a working artist and performer, working gigs to pay the bills. What I really wanted to call in about today is my ongoing struggle with my health insurance. I'm trans, I'm a survivor, and I have an autoimmune disease, so there's no staying out of the medical system for me. I've been going to the doctor regularly since I was four. I'm currently on Medicaid, but to qualify for Medicaid and PA, I have to make, before taxes, no more than $18,075 a year. I went on Medicaid in the fall of 2019 and have been forced to have an income of 18K a year since then, which, if I need to spell it out for you, totally sucks. Growing up, I was on my dad's insurance and never knew the financial ins and outs of being in the medical system. I was planning on being on his insurance all the way into my 26th birthday when the government would have kicked me off. But about six months prior to that, I came out to my family as non-binary. After a slew of fights, my parents told me to get my act together or they would take me off my dad's insurance immediately. I hadn't had a regular job since graduating from college, choosing to work instead on farms and on trail crews around the country. They'd been wanting me to get a regular job with its own insurance since I graduated from college in 2015, but the prospect of me falling in line was less and less likely. While coming out as trans to my parents, I also threw in that I was committing to my dream of being a writer and a performer. The most stable of industries, as we all know. So really, I popped all of their hopes and dreams for my life in one conversation. That was the winter of 2018, and I was faced with getting a job with health insurance as my main concern. The only job I got was as a host at a mid-range restaurant that paid $9.50 an hour and authored health insurance for full-time employees. 
The insurance, once I really had time to look at it, had a $500 pre-deductible and a $5,000 deductible, meaning I had $500 to use from my insurance before I had to pay $5,000 out of pocket. Then after I paid the full $5,000, my insurance would start picking up some of the charges. For me, $500 doesn't go very far. An average An average blood test for me is generally $300. I have three different doctors, a primary care doctor, an endocrinologist for my testosterone, and a gastroenterologist for my autoimmune disease. In order to get my various meds from each of my doctors, I have to have at least one blood test a year per doctor. So with three doctors, that's $900, making immediately $400 out of pocket only for my mandatory blood tests. On top of that is co-pays, Both endo and gastro doctors are specialists, so copays are higher, often $60 a visit, along with medication copays, which are roughly $10 to $60 per prescription, and other testing, which often starts at around $500. In a year and a half, I drained most of my $3,000 in savings. I asked for a raise to pay for my medical bills and was given a $0.25 raise. To cut down on costs, I started going to a free clinic downtown, and that's when I found out I was eligible for Medicaid. A caseworker set me up with it, and since then I've been on Medicaid and food stamps, which I also consider to be a vital part of my healthcare. I can only have a part-time job so that I'm not kicked off the rolls. I've run my fair share of scams, which I'd love to share, but don't know how to do safely, uh, because even with my medical costs covered, I've been on the edge of poverty since 2018. At this point, having just turned 30 and dead tired of having to verify my income every six months and pray my insurance isn't redacted, I need a new plan. So many people I know in the gig industry go without insurance, or they've committed to not having a taxable yearly income of 18K, which is a very hard way to live. I genuinely worry about my writing and performing ambitions because I've heard little to nothing about what benefits might exist in jobs like screenwriter, actor, or staff writer. If I sell a product for something like $10,000 to $15,000, I'll get kicked off of all my benefits without having an income to pay for the rest. I need to either have great coverage or make enough to cover my costs out of pocket, leaving me to span about a $50,000 gap in income. On top of all this, the last time I applied for open enrollment through the health insurance marketplace, I almost got scammed into switching to a, quote, coupon insurance that would have surely left me bankrupt. I'm just wondering, how do other disabled artists deal with this medically induced financial conundrum? This is a great uh, message. And I know, I think I know this person. Yeah, I mean, they've gone to your shows, clearly. Yes, I think that this is somebody who who has come to a lot of my shows in Pittsburgh. Like I, I, there's some people who there's some like people who come to enough shows and mm-hmm. um, like say hi enough that I start to like know who they are. Yeah. You know, and this is, this, this is somebody who I think is cool. This is a really great voicemail. Thank you so much. You covered a lot of topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, we're going to do an episode on the cost of chronic illness. So if people want to write in, with their own experiences, but basically like it would be great to include within that. If you have an email uh, that, or a voicemail that you want to send or voice memo that you want to send, that's about like being a disabled artist and how you manage that. I think that would fit in really well with the episode. Uh, And I would love to include like answers to what Charlie was talking about in that episode. So if you write in and you like make the headline, like costs of chronic illness, disabled artist or something like then we could absolutely cover that in that episode. So I really appreciate it. Specifically though, like aside from chronic illness, like mm-hmm. what they're talking about, I feel like is very, very common in terms of like um, making so little money that you have access to certain government services. And then if you make a little bit too much, then you're kicked off of them with no real alternative. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and it sounds like they're wondering what happens in the creative field. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good question. I think the things that you listed are, they all have different answers. I feel like me and you can speak to different sides of this because mm-hmm. if you're a screenwriter and you sell a screenplay or whatever, you have to 
hit a certain number before you can get into the writer's guild and get insurance and whatever. Um, so you can speak more to that probably. But on the other side of things, I would say if you start completely like making a lot more money in the arts as like a freelancer, um, I don't know how it works in Pennsylvania, but I do know in New York, once you have like a business, quote unquote, like a business like that, um, you're a Schedule C employee. So essentially every year you go through everything you made gross income, right? That's like, let's say, for example, I go on a tour and I make $10,000. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that would be gross income, right? It comes in $10,000. Um, right. And then, you know, everything I spent on paying my band, making merch, like producing merch costs, uh, lodging, the vehicle, like everything that's like an expense from that tour, let's say that's $5,000. Um, mm-hmm. I'm making these numbers up. They're not real. Um, so then the net would be $5,000, right? That's what's left. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a Schedule C employee, essentially, um, from my understanding, you can go through and you take your gross income and then you um, deduct all of those expenses that are related to the job and then you're left with that $5,000 and then you you that's your income. That's what they consider you for benefits and stuff off of. Like that's mm-hmm. what they can – so you could, for example, s- sell your screenplay for $15,000 and if um, – all of the like related experiences of like writing and acting and whatever are like less than that or whatever. You can write them off. Like it's not like you hit that $20,000 off arts and you'll get immediately kicked off. It's like a lot of your expenses are related to your job. Like you'll still be under that threshold technically. This is I think. super good advice. This is really good advice. Um, that So that that's how I, that's what I know on the freelancer side. But what do you know on, in terms of like, because you're in a union and a guild and everything, and, and I'm not um, eligible for that. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I'm not exactly sure, honestly, because I've never had – I've never been on – since I've been in the guild, I've never been on anything that requires – a health insurance that requires me to make anything less than a certain number because I'm on WGA and guild health insurance. No, I'm but saying I on had- the other side, like you have to – qualify you have to make a certain amount to qualify for I have to make a certain right? amount of money to qualify yeah so right. I'm on the complete other side mm-hmm. right where I have to make a certain amount to stay in the guild there's a lot of leeway like they give you leeway and stuff but um yeah I have to work a certain amount and like make a certain amount of money to be able to keep my health insurance and stay in the guild and there's barriers to even being in the guild like I had to pay I had to pay two thousand dollars to join SAG Right. Like that's and I was not and and I had to otherwise I wouldn't have been able to continue to work. So a lot of there's so many like systemic barriers uh, for people to even get on the good health insurance that I have. Yeah. Other than I guess you marry a writer. Um, But even then it's no guarantee because they could not make money that year and lose everything. (laughs) Well, apparently I looked into that. Uh, Apparently there's like an extension. They give you like a great. They do. yeah, but still, yeah, it's bad. Um, it's scary. I, another option I would say, and I don't, I don't know enough about Pennsylvania, so I'm only speaking from my own experience from New York. Right. The other option is they have in the marketplace the Affordable Care Act um, has these plans, right? And you can essentially like used to be used to be that like yeah, like you just you were just shit out of luck and like you right like, before the Affordable Care Act like we just didn't have health insurance if you right. were a certain age and like an artist like that was just it That's which is it. crazy it's crazy to, but like that I remember that you know mm-hmm. um but now it's like they have I mean they have some plans in New York that are like you know essential plans and like you know crisis plans and some that are like low price or whatever but then which wouldn't be good for somebody who has a chronic illness but then they have this other thing where it's like if you make more money and don't qualify for medicaid but you don't make enough money to not qualify to for a subsidy like Mm -hmm. they'll sometimes subsidize the cost so like let's say your plan is um six hundred dollars a month uh you give them what your income is and like they'll determine like the government can give you like 150 200 300 dollars a month towards your whatever Mm -hmm. so maybe and if you already know about all that yeah but mouse mouse planning but maybe pennsylvania has (laughs) Some sort of subsidy too. Malsplaining. Well, the other the other people listening would need to hear it too. We're not just calling Charlie. It's a nightmare though. I mean, honestly, yeah. like every year I have to go l- look at my 
healthcare stuff soon. And like, you know, it's like once a year you can change this and like, you know, be, make sure you make the right decision. And also I read something the other day and like ever since then I haven't been able to stop thinking about it, but like American healthcare is like having a coupon for health insurance. <laughs> oh my God. You're I, so right. I don't know. I forget where I read that. Like somebody said that, but like, it, 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 I cannot stop thinking about it. It it's not. It's like the it's like the suggestion that that they might help you pay. For. It's like American healthcare is like having no healthcare, but having a kindly aunt who, depending on her mood, might help you out. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, that is so. I've never heard it put that way. That's so true. That's a mal original. I just came up with that. That I did not read. I really like that. Wait, let me Thanks. restate it. American healthcare is like having no healthcare at all, but having a mercurial aunt who, when she likes you, will sometimes give you money towards it. It's incredible. That's yeah, that's exactly right. Um, well, we're gonna round out this episode by thanking my new patrons. They are Steph and Maggie. Thank you so much for being patrons of the show. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash Gabby Dunn. Also, we have one Apple review. Are you ready to hear it, Mal? Yeah. Five stars. Robin 1042. Uh oh. Caption Red Rum. Red and then and then description. Red rum, red rum, red rum. Whoa. <laughs> Danny, is that you? It's Tony who lives in your mouth. If you haven't heard Tony. our Halloween, our Halloween episode with Maggie Fish, uh, go listen to it and that will make sense to you. But anyway, um, also, if you want to write in, we're doing an episode about scams. We've gotten a few emails about it, uh, but please write in about scams. I would really appreciate it. Also, write in about the cost of chronic illness. We're doing both of those episodes. I would love to hear from you. Be sure to send me an email at gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com. Leave me a voicemail at 844-474-4040. You can also email me a voice memo if you prefer. Join our online communities too. We're on Instagram, Discord, TikTok, Patreon, and Facebook. Links to all of these will be listed in the episode description. Don't forget to listen to the show the day it drops. We can the charts and spread the word. Also, you can leave reviews on Spotify and on Apple. On Spotify, we have a 4.9, which is pretty amazing. So uh, leave those reviews. Can you do that with musicians? Because I'm in trouble. <laughs> I think it's just podcasts. I don't know. Thank God for that. Do you want to say one more thing? Yes. I'm Mal Blum uh, everywhere. If you want to listen to my music, uh, it's also on Spotify. Don't rate it. I don't want that. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> it's uh, M-A-L-B-L-U-M. Um, I don't have anything quippy to say today because I'm just thinking about Tony who lives in, lives in my mouth. <laughs> I was going to say, and if you're an elderly aunt who wants to give us health insurance uh, on a whim, let us know. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that, uh, yeah. Big ups to my kindly aunt who pays for my health insurance on days that she's pleased with me. Love you. Bye. Done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.